People said, you guys doing a Nat shift this week after the All-Star break? Maybe not the strongest uh, out-of-the-shoot second half uh, of the season type of performance. Uh, it's been raining and muggy and kind of icky in the region, and people are antsy for football. And I said, Kevin, we run them all out here at First Amendment Sports Podcast Studios in Kensington, Maryland. We run every single one of them out this Tuesday. That's what we're doing. We're running it out, and uh, we're gonna, we, we, as in myself and my man Kevin Ricka, sit next to me. Man, I do not know how they do it in Seattle, brother. I do not know how they do it. This is like a snowstorm minus the ability to leave the house. But there ain't nowhere to go when you leave because everyone's already there. So you just sit back, DVR that Nats game, and you hope for the best. We've been uh, hoping for the best for quite some time. We were hoping for the best preseason uh, in uh, over the winter time, um, and God, like like so many other shows that we're a part of, uh, covering so many other DC area teams. This is starting to really fit a narrative um, in this town, and, um, and not a bad one or a good one or a great one. Just uh, so expectations have not been met to this point. That's I think that's the simplest way to put it. They were high expectations. Doesn't they haven't failed yet? But this just hasn't gone the way we drew it up. Now we've held strong. I, I do understand the frustration. With that being said, I don't understand the anger. You know, we've talked about being strong for 162, but I get it. I think uh, I think in, in the last few days, sitting around in the rain, I think I, I've, I've gotten to the point talking with you that I think we've pinpointed something here, Ken. Uh, it, it it struck me the Steven Strasburg injury. Since that moment, I mean, Ken, let me take you back. All right, please. Take you back to a... That's what we do in June Washington. 9th. We, ooh, that's June a special 9th. Day. That was a Saturday. That was also uh, 38 games ago. Yeah. That was the night that Steven Strasburg fumbled discomfort in his shoulder. It was then, a band in my backyard that day. And then, yes, there was. Yes, there was. And that next day, we came to find out that he was going to the DL, which he's gone to a few times in the past, but... Looking back, this time, has, uh, the, the, the domino effect, the chain of events that has occurred since has driven me and all other Nats fans, including yourself, a little bonkers. It's, it's kind of rattled our cage a bit, tested our toughness, our wherewithal. Since that night, buddy, we've gone 13 and 25. And yeah. uh, when you ask Steven Strasburg to go on the DL, you pretty much look around at your GOs and your Tanner Roricks and and obviously Max Scherzer and, and whoever the hell else the fifth starter happened to be, and you ask for some, some of those guys to pick up the slack. And we've, we've banged on that drum, yes, in 15 starts since Strasburg's gone down. We're 0-10 with Gio and Rorick on the hill. Yep. That, that, that's not called stepping it up. Nope. That's not, that's not, and in fact, to point the finger, and not and just to be honest, that's when Max Scherzer decided to go 0-4, and nothing against him. I think he gave up two runs, two runs, two runs, and one run, but... You know, you, ma- you just hope for the magic man to always get a W every time he hits the hill. Porcello! Come on, that's a lot to ask. And then you look down and you see Bryce Harper has batted 188 since then. Now, those are veteran guys that we've grown accustomed to loving and rooting for who have won a lot of baseball games for us. And uh, since then, they- they've hit a little bit of a skid, buddy. Uh, that's the point in time we were in first place by a half a game. We were 11 games over 500 
And then everything, and came, back. everything came to a screeching halt. Yeah, we thought we'd gotten over the hump, didn't we? We knew they weren't going to go away, but we thought once we got to the top of the hill, we'd just deliver overhand rights to everyone trying to come up on us. And that didn't happen. And I understand why a lot of our fan base has turned and said, hey, you know what? But 38 games, yo, man, that's less than a quarter of the season. There, there, there's, there's plenty of time left at a six-game clip. In fact, there's two ahead of us, but six games back behind first place. We still got 60 games out there, man. It, it, there's, I, I, I obviously, um, I stopped thinking about it in terms of uh, winning 100. Um, you start thinking about it in terms of making the playoffs. And right now, there, what we, we, we had just, we had, we had determined uh, that it was a foregone conclusion that the Washington Nationals, based on their level of talent um, and history in the last few years and what they were facing in the NL East, they were going to uh, walk their way to the playoffs because that's what they've done. So it wasn't like we were just predicting out of nowhere a team was going to walk their way into the playoffs. That's what the Nationals have been doing. So good on the Braves, good on the Phillies. Um, but instead of it being a runaway, it's a race. And so people are, are all down because, you know, we're not in first place. Awesome. We'll be down. I don't, no one wants to be excited about a third-place team. But they're not, they're not like all of a sudden a terrible team. They are now – it's called being in a race. And yeah. we got a lot of track uh, on which to, to race against these guys. And as good as Atlanta has looked at times and as good as the Phillies have looked at times, they are not as good as, as we are. And that has to prove out, you know, at some point. And I, I believe in that. I agree. We're, we're not down. We're getting closer, but we're not on the home stretch yet. No. Now, there's work to be done. There's improvements to be made. And the frustrating part is we have a game like we did two nights ago in the ridiculous double rain delay, eight and a half, nine hour event where Max came out and said it, and my, my family sat there and said it. All of our favorite guys are making plays. Everyone yep. contributed, offensively, yep. defensively, pitching. It all came into place. Then we turn around and have a stinker the next night. And I, you, know, I, you know how I feel about Gio and his pace of play and what it does to the guys in the field, what it does to us fans watching. He's, he's starting everyone off with the ball. He's walking the leadoff batter of every freaking inning. Someone's getting on. He goes up 0-2, and he winds up walking someone or gives up a, a base hit 3-2. He's throwing up a bazillion pitches. It's just it's 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 demoralizing, and we got to get him back on his back on track. Roark, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I I can't even tell you how many L's are in his last. I mean, since he's he was two and two. Since then, the dude's one and ten. You know, yep. and and it's not like we're winning the games that he doesn't get a decision in. You know, that's not happening. He, he's throwing ninety one, not ninety five. We've we've gone over all this. Fact of the matter is, is I do believe we still need a monster on the on, on the hill, and I don't yeah. know how that happens when you're a game below 500. I'm not sure what the learners are gonna say to, to Rizzo when it gets down, the push comes to shove, and that's shitty. That's I mean, a, it, that's a fact that we've ignored for the last few years. It, it, but there's a different learner sitting there. You know, the sun is there now. But at the end of the day, it's his chance. You know, another four or five wins. We're only four or five wins away from... I mean, I understand we're 49 and 15, and it looks terrible, but... I'm talking about what the learners are thinking, I know. not what I'm thinking, obviously. I know. And, and, hey, as much as I would be against the ideology of being a seller, um, as, you know, as 49 and 50 teams often look in the mirror and consider, I don't think that's who we are, but as much as I would disagree with that, there's you, there's good deals to be made down that road as well. If, if they do it right... It could it could it could work out right. I, I don't want them that to do that. I don't want to go down that road. But the truth of the matter is, sitting on their hands and doing nothing, um, I think, I think would be my third choice. Yeah, that that would be far too arrogant of a choice to be made. 
to ask a guy that's lost 10 of his last 11, that hasn't had a win in 15 outings, to all of a sudden turn into the tenor work over the last few years, uneven years. But let me ask you this, and this has been debated about, and it's been asked to me, and I, my uncle, my father, we're, we're all getting into it. Would you give up? Forget about who it is, whether it's Robles or Keyboom, Spencer, I mean, uh, Carter, not Spencer. Uh, would you give one of those guys up, go out and get Real Muto, and then stand pat? Is that the solvent? Because... To me, that does plug a hole, puts a big bat. It, we're getting an all-star super stud, but it's not helping our starting pitching. And I, and I can't see how that would be the only move. And if that is a move, then is there going to be two moves? Like, th- th- this, is the, this is the conversation. We're getting down to the, to the nut-cutting time here, brother. I mean, we're, we're, we're a week off. We're a week off from the deadline. If they're going to go get Real Muto, we better get a starter. And I'm not talking about some scrub. You know, we got some of those. <laughs> Sorry, but we'd have um, we'd have Real Muto for the end of his twenty age twenty seven season, his age twenty eight season, and his age twenty nine season for probably halfway decent money. Um, and that clears up a big hole. It's in our franchise. On the offensive side, it's years. the yeah. only hole. Sure. In our entire organization, um, I think. So, I like. I don't. I hate to throw names like I don't want to be like a Seth Romero guy or, or talk about any of these minor league guys coming up because you because anyone who thinks they know um, about anyone and I don't care if they're the number one prospect in all of baseball until they do it in the pro level they're a prospect um, and um, GMs will trade their ass all day long and that's why I don't think we're out of the the Real Muto business um, I think Robles has been untouchable and likely will continue to be untouchable. He's top two, top three prospect in all of baseball. Um, but uh, despite 49 and 50 appearances, um, if you can use him to add the gun uh, on the mound, I would do it. As long as I would do it. there's some control. I don't think we get rid of him for a, certainly not a rental, obviously. No, 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 but no. We need, we need a, a big gun. With, with at least two years, I think, after this season, at least. I mean, I would, so I would call... That's asking San, a lot, but we're giving a lot. I would call San Francisco tomorrow, and if I was honestly willing to trade Robles, I would call San Francisco, and I would say, hey, look, the deal starts, Robles for Bumgarner. That's where it starts. We understand we have to put a little bit more into that, but if, if you're interested in the number one, sorry, the number two or three prospect in all of baseball um, to play in, in your park for the next 15 years or whatever, um, you know, we... That's see that that's my that's my dream school is Madison Bumgarner. I mean, I don't think it's realistic in any way. I don't think the Giants should ever consider trading him, nor am I being told that they are. But if you make the call and, and you have a top two prospect in all of baseball, you you're allowed to walk into that room and and ask the question. And and in that situation, I, I would say, what else do you need? Well, I would imagine that question has already been asked at some level with a week to go before this deal in some capacity. Uh, very interesting, but that definitely closes the book on Real Muto. So, you know... Absolutely. That's, and that's, I'm, I'm I'm ready to ride or die at this point with Weeders and whoever. Um, I think... I think there's going to yeah. be... I mean, shoot. I, I don't... I, I can even see this organization going after, like, a, a, the post-deadline waiver catcher kind of guy. Like, a Kurt, like yeah. the Kirk Suzuki deal we did a, a long time ago. I think if they're really... So if they're closing in on something, and they were able to make that deal for the pitcher, and all of a sudden it's it's late to you know late August, beginning of September, and they think you know what, 
if we can add this, you know, 34-year-old catcher who's who's a great guy to have on the bench, um, can give us a couple games in September and can help, you know. Well, we certainly would need a veteran for the postseason. It's got to be a veteran. For, for and, someone coming off the bench yeah. and some leading in that bats. What if, like, Pudge yeah. says, you know what? <laughs> I got. I can give you ten games. Ten games. You know, I think we'd have to. Uh, we'd have to get him tested first yes, and foremost. Yes, yes, but yes. Uh, okay. you know, if that were to happen, I just don't want us to look down there and see a, a Tommy Malone, ten and zero in the in, in the minors, or, or, or put all this on a Fetty shoulders coming mm-hmm. up. And uh, oh, I'm putting Fetty, Fetty's involved. If if we're getting a, a guy like Bumgarner, it's it's Robles yeah. and Fetty and and. Well, how much how much time does old Madison have on his? Uh, oh, he's got control. He's like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so ask, before I tell you the answer, ask yourself the question: How old is Madison Bumgarner? How old do you think Madison? Bumgarner, you probably know it. No, I'm guessing 29 years old. Yeah, see, you're guessing way too old. I would have guessed the same thing previously. Actually, he just turned 28, or he's 28. I thought he was 25. Sorry, I thought he was 25. They'd have to be batshit crazy to get rid of him with more years of control. How many left-handed dominant World Series MVP? <laughs> Badass home run hitting pitchers that they have running around out there. Yeah, that might be a Robles, Keyboom, and Fetty situation. He's got one more year of control at twelve million dollars. Yeah, see, that's uh, that's that's Gio Gonzalez money. That's exactly Gio Gonzalez. That's bizarre. That's bizarre. That's 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 bizarre. That's that's uh, that's too good to be true. Yeah, you got it. So okay, so let me ask you something, Kevin. Who had the best week for the Nats? Oh man, you know it's besides funny, Bryce. It's, it's funny that we keep saying this because uh, it's Swan Soto again, buddy. I mean, the guy just hits and hits and hits. If you look Rookie at his of the stat year. line, Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's right there. If you look at his stat line, there's very few zeros in the hits column. Game in, game out. That's you right. Know? I'm not saying he's going three for four every night, but he he came out and he went three for four in game two, and uh, and goes opposite left center again. Yep. He, he's a freak of nature. His at-bat yesterday against, uh, I can't pronounce the guy's Chassin. name. Chassin. Yes. The guy throws, the guy's got a nasty slider and it was as if it invigorated Soto. He was so excited by the at-bat, the ability to go up against his pitch. He was so energetic in the batter's box. You saw yep. him every time that ball was came dropping in. He was like, it was almost like he was like, not taunting the pitcher, but I am so fired up. I, I worry you. that people think he's taunting. And, and, and he's not. I know he's not. You can tell he's just got that baseball heart and soul, and he's in there, and he's a competitor. And he's nodding and smiling he back. Is. I mean, I, I don't think, again, I don't think he's doing it to the pitcher, I, but I believe I'm it's worried. respectful. I believe, I, do, I, do. I believe it's a respect he's that like, he says. Right. That's a nasty pitch. In, in fact, he struck out everyone yesterday. Yes, he did. I mean, he, he, he did. but He pulled the string multiple times. And, and he got Soto. But I'm telling you, it's 3-2 with a 19-year-old kid, and he's fighting and found stuff off, and he's... That was, it's it's a veteran all star at bat every time he's up there, and you know he's got three three RBIs in three games. He's got a, I mean he's got a couple dogs. I mean the guy the guy's bizarre man. Yep. The guy's bizarre. I just he's I, got, I'm so excited about his presence, and a lot of this other stuff overshadows it. Watching his at bat is much see TV now. You gotta watch it. He's he's so he's a treat to watch in your uh, favorite team's jersey. Um, We've been following him since he was in the minors, so it's it's you know again it's awesome when a prospect becomes a stud um, because as much as you think it it's a shoe in and that this stuff happens like magic, it doesn't. Uh, trust me, guys don't just guys who shine in the minor leagues don't come in and do what Juan Soto's doing. I said it the second he got called up, he's absolutely the rookie of the year. I knew right away he was going to be able to qualify. Um, he is. Uh, He's doing things that no one's ever done before. Like I think, you know, people say three. He's three. He comes into the day at three ten, or after his first at bat, three ten, ten home runs, 
31 RBIs. And you're like, you know, that's pretty solid. Uh, and he's 19. So it's pretty awesome. And his OPS, which I think last night was like 968. You know, let's call it 970. Call it whatever you want. It's the best ever for someone 19 years uh, or older in their first minimum of 200 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, that list of five, of which Bryce Harper is like number four on, it's sick. I mean, it's Mel Ott. It's Mickey Mantle. No, it's, it's Bryce who, Harper. It's a who's who of the encyclopedia of baseball. I know. And he's number one. Now, he's got, he's got, a, you know, he's got some work to do. Season's not over. Numbers do what numbers do. Um, they move around. But there's no reason to think that that's not who he is. No. No, no, no. This is not a fluke. The way he handles himself at the plate, the way he handles the bat, his two-strike stance, his knowledge of the game. I mean, he's, he's a born natural. And, uh, and, and full disclosure, with that being said, I can't leave out our guy, Rendon. In, yep. in, in the 38 games I was talking about after Strauss got hurt and a couple guys didn't exactly step up, uh, Anthony Rendon, during that exact stretch, hit 314 with nine homers and a team leading 25 RBIs. Wow. I mean, th- th- this is the guy that's been getting it done for us. He's been keeping us in the hunt. He comes in every night, and the fact that he's never made an all-star game makes me want to puke. Having to explain that to my eight-year-old son last night with tears in his eyes. But why, Dad? You told me he finished in the top three for the MVP twice. I go... He doesn't start off that quick and blah, blah, blah. Because when you watch what he does and what he brings to this team and how he's handled himself, it's, 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 it's insane the way the guy just minimalizes the difficulty of the game of baseball night in, night out. And I, I actually, this is like third hand, but I, I, so I don't understand why we haven't um, put a deal, long-term deal in front of him um, at this point in time. I'd be perfectly happy to see Adam Eaton jack a three-run shot in the top of the second. We are watching the Washington Nationals up 4-0 against the Milwaukee Brewers. And it's funny you mention that because he also hit 327 during that stretch and he's come ready to play in the second half just like Anthony Rendon. But get back to the deal with Rendon because it's it's troublesome. So the thing what I've heard and uh, and I'm I'm speaking out of uh, school a little bit but what I have heard is that um you know, here's a player. He's a player who he knows uh, that he loves baseball. He knows he wants to play, but he wants that contract. He wants one big. He's looking for that big contract. I'm not saying. I think he's the kind of guy who could get one big contract, play at, play it out, and be out of the sport. I mean, I think he's he's a quiet guy. We he, he, there's a reason why uh, he's not popping headlines. Um, you know, I mean, hell, Mike Trout's not popping headlines. No one is nationally, but Anthony Rendon is an under the radar guy. He's under the radar on his own team. Um, and the numbers suggest he, his contract is is going to be um, substantial. I, 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 my understanding was that he was a guy who was looking for, um, you know, that hundred-plus million-dollar deal. I mean, I, I think I think he's he's worth more. And um, my concern is, at some point in time. There's going to be decisions made because we got a lot of guys on this roster who are worth a lot of money. Anthony Rendon might be the best one of all of them, and he might not garner the same amount of money that the other guys will. And he might be the toughest to lose of yes. all of them. Uh, and, and along with Mike Trout, who I loved his answer to all this hoopla about marketability and yeah. whatnot, he just said, you know what, man, I just want to play ball. And, and Anthony yeah. Rendon, you know, his love of the game or whatnot, I think it's his love of his teammates and being there every night and being part of something where he's tremendous at and he doesn't want to let anyone down, more so than maybe his love of fielding ground balls or, or hitting doubles. He, he just seems like a guy that wants to be a great teammate and put no shine on himself 
And God, if that hurts him at, <laughs> at negotiations, and that's a son of a bitch there. I don't think so. I I think that his agent obviously is paid to know. You know, sure. here, here, here's how the guy fills up the stat sheet, and this is how guys like him are paid. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now. I mean, he's he's probably a two hundred plus million dollar a year contract guy. If he wants it, like if he wants to sign a ten plus, if he wants to sign a ten year deal or um, or longer, and I and I don't think that he does. But at eight to ten years, two hundred million dollars for Anthony Rendon, my friends, is is probably uh, is probably a bargain. Yeah, you know, but that's just that's, that's crazy. But and I think it's true. He could be such a a legend of Nats baseball. He really could. If we, if we do sign him to that next deal, he'll be the guy that people talk about 20 years from now. Remember Rendon? Yeah, the old school guys, the guys that appreciate the hard-nosed way he plays, the unselfishness. That's the guy you take your kid to the park early and you, and you take a peek at him and you go, that's my guy right there. And then, yeah. and then your son, you watch what he does. Watch how easy he makes it look. Look what he does for his teammates. He does everything. He'll steal a base for you now and then. He's scoring from second. He reads the ball. His knowledge... Uh, his swing is ridiculous. The quickest hands. I mean, you don't want to play ping pong against Rendon, but there's money on the line, and you don't like to lose. But the way he carries himself, he's a gentleman. You know, he's he's the guy that you take your kids out and you and you say, watch what he does. And then when you start playing ball and you're watching with your kids, that's the guy you emulate right there. That's the guy. And I know that doesn't mean anything at the negotiating table either, but it means a lot to me and it means a lot to Nats fans. I know it means a lot to you. It doesn't take any money away from them. Like if you like, there's guys who are worth more money um, yeah. because of the home runs and because of whatever the strikeouts. Um, but you would you would value them less if they're if they're cancerous locker room guys. This week I don't I don't want to do who had the worst week. I feel like. Uh, Nationals fans really um, are, are getting their feet wet, pun intended, um, in, the, in this second half of the season. Um, it was underwhelming. Uh, what do we have, three games? Uh, three. Three, one and two. One and two. Yeah. So don't forget to talk about Max and him bulldogging it, because I know we're not going to talk about the worst. But Max, once again, he had nothing left. His last fastball was 91. He threw about 13 pitches after that. That's right. I love watching that guy yeah. compete. He had nothing left in the tank. So he went to the slider, he went to the change, and he didn't mess around, and he got out. Then he threw one more fastball for high cheese to get the final strikeout, and he knew he was done well before that. Yep. Oh, the guts on that guy. Thank God he's ours. Can't stop saying that. He will be on the hill this Friday night in Miami, taking on Lopez, 2-1, and one for, uh, for, for the uh, Marlins. Um, we close out the series tomorrow night, Wednesday, July 25th, with a just a stat that you, it just just jumps right off the screen. Three and twelve, a three and twelve. Tanner Roark takes the mound for an afternoon game um, in Milwaukee. We stay on the road uh, against Miami Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we come home. I'm sorry, we play a four game set uh, through, the, through through Sunday afternoon in Miami. We come home for a two game set against the Mets. That's where you will find us uh, next Tuesday. Right now, that is where Tanner Rorick will sh- show his head uh, next. Um, so we'll get two, two, two shots of Tanner. Uh, we got another Helixson. We got another Geo. Uh, we got a Max, and we got a Strauss uh, in there. Full, a full week. In fact, uh, Kev, is that... If you count tonight's game, which we will for, uh, for next, next week's uh, podcast... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I guess they got they got a day off on Monday. Yeah. Um, well, 
I, I, I'm, I'm fo- refocusing, you know, my sports fanness uh, in, in this, you know, time frame. You know, it, now it's a race. The games back is the number I care about. Started today six games back. Um, I'm not even caring about the wild card at this point in time. It's a divisional race. I'm not even looking anymore at wins and losses. Uh, I care about the, how we do as a, you know a weekly basis because we're gonna we always keep track of that. Um, but now it's the race. The race is all that matters. The only thing that matters is six, and that's a very manageable number. And that's gonna change every day by blips and blops. But uh, it's it's gotta go go our way. Maybe one or two. Maybe our goal for for uh, by next week is maybe just be four back. We could do better than that. No, I, I I don't mind I don't mind the uphill trudge. When we get back on top, it's time to keep it there. And I know people think we're getting ahead of ourselves. I don't care. Davey's got to get the boys right. That has to happen. I think he's got the boys right. We just got to get some starting pitching. We got to get some. We got to get Gio to snap out of his funk. And Roark, I don't have an answer for that. You know, Gio's capable of this. We know that. It's time for him to get a W. There's been, there's been one, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine consecutive starts without a W for him. You know, it's time. It's time, Gio. Come on, man. Earn that 12. I know it's been a good deal for us. Make it a good deal for you moving forward. Need Max, need Strauss, but it's come down to the point where um, we, we've got to have a um, we got to have a guy win it uh, on, on the dirt uh, in the third, third, third slot. We just have to. Hey, when everyone was crapping their pants in May and we were having these conversations, we went out there in May and put it on baseball. We had the best record in that month. The talent's there. The, the, the ability is there. It's all there. It's been shown. I don't know what this little funk we've gotten in in the last six weeks has been, but like we said, be hard about your 162. Be hard as a Nats fan. Don't quit. Don't get angry. Uh, the frustration's fine, man. Have at it. Have your opinion. I'm not saying that. I get a lot of crap on the streets for that. I do. Because I am optimistic. And, 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 you know, criticism is deserved when you go 13 and 25 and all of a sudden you're back to two teams that you've been just bitch slapping for the last couple of years. And that, they've gotten way better, no doubt about it. But you know what? We've been playing worse. It's time to play some serious baseball. It's time to get it together. It's time to get it together for the stretch run. Yep. And uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, you think Vegas is betting against us? I mean, uh, Vegas is not really good to D.C., but I don't think they are. I don't think they are. It hasn't gotten to that point. So let's get to the park and do what we did over Homer and Derby. Let's get to the park and let's pick Max up when he needs that little extra burst of craziness that he needs Let's get out there and let's be positive and let's not jump ship. Because if you jump ship now, I'm telling you, come October, you're going to be sad. And you're not yeah. going to enjoy what possibly could happen, Washington Capitol style. Exactly. Don't let the, the easiest lesson uh, that we just learned pass you by. Uh, the, the Nats are that kind of team. Um, they, they have premier talent. They have, uh, um, they're a premier organization in the league. They've shown that over time, just the way the Caps have. They get once you if you can get if you can get this team to the playoffs is exactly what we we're saying about the Caps midway through the season last year when people were talking about firing Barry Trotz. If you can get this group that no one seems to think is any good all of a sudden right right this very second if you get them to the playoffs well guess what you have Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and T.J. Oshie and John Carlson you put those guys in the playoffs if the, if the Nationals can get their heads out of their asses uh, in August and you get to the playoffs you're putting Scherzer and Strasburg, you know, and, and Rendon and healthy Soto. Healthy healthy Murphy. Yeah, you're putting healthy those guys Zimmerman. in the playoffs. Let, let anybody come play us on that day, and I promise you they're not going to want to play us on that day. So 
uh, yeah, there's some work to do, and it'll be fun to watch it. And we will be running them out on the weekly basis, as we often do. Here in First Amendment Sports, Basement Podcast Studios, Kensington, Maryland, on behalf of Kevin Ricca. Hey, awesome conversation always is. Hey, bear down. Be strong for the 162. Bear down. 162 strong, bear down. I'm Ken Marangolo, and this was The Net Shift. <laughs> <laughs>